very same people who are fighting against this thing that they're, they're realizing is happening in the country simultaneously don't want to look back into the history of the United States, which was 100% based on human trafficking. 100%. Our country's foundation is human trafficking. They fucking kidnapped black people and made them work for free. And somewhere in between that horror and now, people have gotten this delusion that that stopped. It didn't stop. <laughs> so this is Joe Rogan's, uh, Joe Rogan's launch on Spotify. He has Duncan Trussell on. And um, I'm just going through. And this one caught my attention because he's talking about um, human trafficking, which is horrible. But in the news recently, let's just track this. In the news recently, there was uh, an article put out, and we don't know the truth behind it at all, but it seems to get a lot of traction. It's not getting vetted for truth based on all these new algorithms, but, and yet, Joe says he saw his version a dozen times, and I saw my version a dozen times. The version I heard was um, a flight attendant saw someone in distress, so she left a note in the bathroom, and the lady said, yes, please help me, so the cops were waiting. And then now this story is the lady goes to the bathroom, and when she comes out, these people were comparing her photo, going, oh, do you like her? I mean, so she runs to the car, assuming it was um, human trafficking. I just, uh, so let's track this here. So Duncan Trussell's not wrong, right? That uh, slavery never ended, right? Because of Jim Crow laws. And let's track this to the future. What's the more likely scenario here? That there is some sort of crazy rampant, just think of the joke that was just made last night. Like, so what, are we going to invite uh, Geraldo Rivera into our pizza basement for him to hang out the night just to show there's no pedophile ring. So what's the next one on this? Are we going to invite Geraldo uh, to every restaurant uh, to see if there is this rampant human trafficking going on, right? Is there millions of North Americans being trafficked? Or is it possibly the real slavery when we have companies that are making hundreds of billions of dollars in profit, yet they pay zero tax. And they're paying their employees the legal minimum. How is that any different from slavery, right? Because in the days of old, they provided them with shelter and food and all sorts of stuff. So for them, they thought they were being compassionate. Same as today. Well, we give them a job and we provide them this and, you know, we pay them 50 cents above the legal minimum rate. No. Trust me. The same as cryptocurrency. As an ex-banker, what would I do? Would I fight it and go, oh, no, no, please don't adopt it. Please, please support my central banking oligarchy. No. I would actually co-opt this and in the, in the process make a ton of money, but turn it into a speculation vehicle, which is what happened. So why would I, as corporate entity, 
not say well not uh, spending. I don't know how is he going to say that. Not saving. I mean, they they duly owe this tax, so they're arguably again as I was taught in accounting, you follow the spirit of the tax law. Yet most of them don't. But if you're not paying tax and you're finding ways to avoid tax that you duly owe, think about it. You're operating in a country that you're not even a part of. You're not paying any tax. You're not supporting the roads that lead to your business. You're not supporting the social or infrastructure of the employees that work to help you pay for your space cars. Right? You want to send cars into space and you want to create uh, monkeys with computer chips in their brain or you want to create an automated delivery system of drone packaging systems. But who is creating this? Right? This wealth doesn't just appear out of thin air. It's produced by the labor. Right? And, and I'm not a Marxist. Far from it. I'm just... I'm a middle-way person who, when we start talking about the problem of today, right, when they're talking about the problem is a few people making a bad name for everyone, and how dare they assume that um, human trafficking is the greatest problem of today, the greatest scourge of today. It is not. It is this them and us garbage. The fact that they're going to believe that that is such a rampant problem when we have nearly every giant corporation avoiding paying tax. Same as every incredibly wealthy individual on this planet. It make, they make it their aim, like Joe Rogan was talking about, well, I have 15,000 in my account, I can't wait to get 20. That's what these rich guys do. So they've, they've turned the humanity into a commodity to the point where they've drained us of every ounce of profit to be had. So now they're optimizing things, just like the mechanic was talking about. Right? North American vehicles can't compete with uh, European uh, because of many reasons. Where do they cut back on? They cut back on quality, uh, thereby eroding their, their competitive value further. Right? I mean, we see it often here in Canada. It's even in Corona, when companies all around the world have been forced to jump into uh, the digital age with websites and, uh, you know, being remote and accessible and more um, web-friendly, you know, all these different terms, yet they still drag in their feet. I mean, this is no different here. I mean, who's the real problem? I discussed this before. Who's the problem here? Is it the corporations that aren't paying tax or is it us that are swallowing these ridiculous news stories, right? So in one breath, these gentlemen will talk about how mainstream media have lost the plot. And, and, and yet, we can see it in places like Australia where Rupert Murdoch has just gone beyond the pale. And he has become malevolent in his abuse of media. You can see it in uh, areas of Australia where he bought up all of the media so that he could push his agenda. Right? And the only thing that has kept him, for example, he tried to open up Western Australia because of the COVID because he wanted to you know, go back and forth to his uh, business entities but probably just wanted to go to his cottage. It was the people that stopped him. In fact, they were going to let him challenge their constitution 
and this national policy to protect people from corona, they were going to give him an exemption so he could travel back and forth. But it was the people that stood up and said, heck no, this is the same problem. So who's the real problem? Is it the corporations that are saving billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in tax that they duly owe that should support the infrastructure that allows them to produce this wealth, but no, no, that wealth just goes to their yachts and all that garbage, right? So they don't pay tax, but they do lobby and they do give campaign donors uh, donations, which, again, saves them quite a bit of money. So even in this case, they can afford to sponsor these ridiculous ideas, right? Yes, there is human trafficking, but what are we talking about here, right? <clears throat> this is the same problem with corona, right? It certainly wasn't as bad as uh, they had predicted, right? Depending on the, uh, the area, obviously. But that doesn't mean it's a conspiracy, Right? Because a lot of this um, pushback is over things that we should be doing. Right? If you have an illness or if you understand that we have an aging population, so you're likely to run into, if you can't stay six feet apart, you're likely to run into a, an, an aging member of the population, why wouldn't you wear a mask? I mean, it's not ridiculous uh, certain times of the year. I mean, if we're going through a major pandemic, it's not ridiculous to ask. If that's too much to ask, I, I can say it's probably too much to ask for people to wash their hands if you've spent a moment being mindful in the bathroom, in the public. You know what I'm talking about. So my point here is I find it abhorrent that these two gentlemen lauded for their social um, wokeness uh, are going to, and they will, continue to discuss this epic problem to humanity of uh, human trafficking when the real problem could be that these stupid nothing issues are being pushed to cover the real problems, right? Major tax avoiders. I mean, <laughs> the, the elephant in the room, if, if Joe is moving from California to Texas in no small way because of the costs, which means the taxes, right? And, and we're talking about this tax avoidance, right? He's just doing what I was taught in school, right? You pay what you owe, right? So the way he sees it is I'm being taxed just because I live in California. Well, why would I? Exactly, why would you? So that's normal business behavior. But as we've seen with uh, one company, I won't mention who they are, they avoid the majority of their tax by saying they're run out of a tiny little office in the basement of a building in like Amsterdam. It, they're not. They have football fields of offices in North America, but they have a tiny little office in Europe, and that's why they pay no tax. Come on. Or these companies that are headquartered in the Isle of Man, right? Why are we allowing this hypocrisy to continue, right? Yes, human trafficking is a problem. We'll deal with it. But why are we allowing it to trump, pardon my use of the word, why are we allowing it 
um, to obfuscate the real problem of taking responsibility, right? So for me, if someone says, oh my God, the worst thing right now in society is human trafficking, I'd be like, human trafficking is a horrible thing. And no, uh, slavery never ended, but it's not people being kidnapped, bruv, right? It's what Joe Rogan just mentioned in the previous sentence. It's the guys that are, are, are being invited by these corporate overlords to become slaves. I mean, they just don't understand it. He opened this by talking about how we're all slaves to these corporate overlords to get money, but he's forgetting we're not these rich assholes who are just looking to get money to buy another yacht. We're looking to get enough money to live. Yet we have to sell our souls to these corporate overlords. This is not the same. So, again, I find it ridiculous that two very wealthy individuals are talking about the most... Um, it's, it's ap apropos that they're in space suits because, you know, they're in space because the worst problem today is not human trafficking. The worst problem today is this sort of holier-than-thou attitude that you understand what the real problem is before you even deal with your own hypocrisy, right? So the problem isn't these two gentlemen that are just too rich to understand. The problem isn't these rich jerks that are obviously pushing some ridiculous agendas to keep us, same as these protests. I mean, the only reason why these things are still going on is so they can distract us from what's really going on, right? I mean, in Canada and in the U.S., in the time of the last few months, not only is it corona, but they've been able to pass legislation that there's no way the average citizen would put up with, but we're so distracted by some of this mass distraction. So who's really to blame? Is it the media who's pushing this or the media that isn't talking about what they should be talking about? Or you know, arguably what the majority of the population wants to hear? Or is it the fact that we're not up in arms over this? Right? The fact that we'll indulge someone who will say how horrible human trafficking is and, you know, it's slavery, but won't talk about corporate slavery that's a problem for the majority of the population. Right? Or what kind of a reverse fiefdom we live in when the tax code is written to benefit the, the corporations and the rich and the majority of the tax burden is carried by the non-existent middle class, the lower class, right? And where do I get that from? Well, it's what my original education, arguably, my formalized education is in economics. And it's available freely now on the internet. You can look this up that the tax system, as we know it, was invented during a major crisis. We had the Spanish flu and we had the First World War. And they weren't supposed to stay income tax. It was simply to support during these horrible times, those horrible times. But the idea, and as we've talked about, at one time there was even a 70% flat tax on the wealthy. And they were happy to pay it. Why? Because it was designed for the wealthy who could bear it most to support the brunt of this taxation because, of course, it makes no sense to have uh, the lower class support um, 
the majority of the taxation. Therefore, like, why would the poor be the... And that's where we're at, right? You have the poorest of the poor, and we wonder why this gap is getting widened, because they have changed this tax system from the way it was designed, right, for uh, it to benefit all society. And how would you do that? By taking a bigger chunk from those that have the least or taking, you know, comparatively a massive chunk from someone who has plenty, right? That was how it was designed. And yet, once again, we don't discuss the real problem, right? So what's the real problem here? It's not the taxes are too high. It's the taxes are misappropriated. Yes. When the rich, just like this, can lobby the government to write the code to benefit them, but at whose expense? Again, so we're not talking about race. Real class warfare falls down to wealth, the haves and the have-nots. And yet, here we see it again. We're not talking about the fact that Joe Rogan just mentioned that your average person has to sell their soul just to pay their bills and to hope for a future. Whereas we're all working six and seven months of the year to support the infrastructure that's making the, the top one percentile rich. And, and even sadder, there's a 20 percentile that's supporting the 1% rather than the majority. And then there's the majority of us in either apathy or ignorance don't say a darn thing about how the entire system is unfair, right? We allow ourselves to be distracted by simple things like which lives matter, as if they don't all matter, right? This arguably is by design. When they make you look in one way, one uh, direction, they're uh, ripping you off in the other direction, right? It's human nature, but the difference is whether we're going to call them out. All right, well, as another example, uh, cryptocurrency. So here we find out that there's multiple hacks at these cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh, just recently, a $250 million hack. Uh, and there's a history of these hacks, plus... Cryptocurrency itself is just, um, well, uh, the exchanges themselves were always uh, a risk of being uh, just a scam themselves. And yet, again, tell me how this is a, a potential investment when it was designed as a means of exchange. It's been... Uh, appropriated into a, a speculation vehicle. And then I forgot to even mention how subject it is to, um, well, a confidence scan, right? Because uh, cryptocurrency itself is supported not on the basis of it being worth more because who decides what it's worth. It's the investor. So that's 
arguably the definition of a pyramid scheme if the only way that you can make more money is by convincing others to buy in at a higher um, valuation than what you signed on for. But that's neither here nor there. When it's designed as a means of exchange, and now it's been turned into a speculation vehicle, so you don't know from one moment to the next what its value is going to be. You can't use it as a means of exchange. But to use it as a means of exchange, even if the value, because I've put forward the um, a solution where there was two sides to the crypto coin. One side was... Um, strictly exchange, and the other side was um, a speculation vehicle, right? Something that that um, something uh, something that uh, its value is not fixed, but um, how can I put that? Well, its value is simply based on the success of the means of exchange portion, right? Kind of like um, Shamatha and Vipassana, right? Shamatha is the calming uh, side of meditation. That's what allows you to remain calm and focused at what's your goal. Vipassana is the insight. Insight is where you get your gains, but you can't get those gains without the Shamatha. So in this case, um, the cryptocurrency is a means of exchange, but is supported not just by its benefit as a means of exchange, but by this um, partner or second side of the coin that is actually an investment or speculation vehicle. Right? And the value of the speculation vehicle is both on its popularity as of an investment, which is what we have today, but it's also based on the success of the underlying exchange-only coin. But all this belabors the point that if you can't get your cryptocurrency, you can't buy it on an exchange, or you can certainly buy it from an individual, but how do you get it back into cash? Not easily done. I mean, I used to be involved with a local Bitcoin uh, organization for years ago, and this was years after we'd been involved. I mean, me as a banker, I saw the potential for it to solve a lot of exchange uh, issues. And again, as I said, uh, the real problem here isn't um, that uh, we need more people in rich countries helping out their family and people in poor countries. What we need more of or less of, I hate that we always have to go to a negation. What we need less of is a middleman ripping us all off, right? These exchange companies, they, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll send money back to uh, your home country, but I'm going to keep 70%. Well, not me personally, but, you know, you're going to pay, uh, you know, this fee and that fee and this fee and that fee and, you know what I mean? Like, just to make this money here and, you know what I mean? They're going to put in every way they can some way to take advantage. Not unlike the entire central banking system itself. That it's kind of put in place so that they have full control over both 
monetary and fiscal policy, right? They can actually, what that means is they have full control over the society itself. Right? So here we are again, right? So what's the real problem, right? It's not the big businesses who felt threatened by these potential solutions, but the people who allow the special interests to appropriate or just full-on um, destroy. I mean, I was looking for denature, right? But arguably destroy. And yet, once destroyed, they still um, trumpet the potentials, the benefits. It's really quite sad. Well, yeah, yeah. So you lose money if you accept it. You lose money if you go to buy some to, to pay for something with it. You lose money if you hold on to it. Uh, you can lose money uh, if you just try to do anything with it. That's not, that's not the point. It's exactly what I was talking about before, right? Taxation was designed to help everybody. Uh, it's not about looking out for me. And the same thing here, right? Cryptocurrency was designed to solve all these problems. Yet, it's been turned uh, ass backwards just like everything else. But who's really default, right? Are the people, the special interests who benefit from this? Or is it uh, the individuals who are either so ignorant or apathetic that they're fine with it or they don't understand that they're the ones uh, that suffer because of it? So, we need the middle way, right? Yes, we need corporations to to take responsibility but at the same time we need individuals to hold them responsible and themselves that's the middle way All right, well, I just wanted to finish a point I did get to it but I kind of more or less glazed over it My wife brought up a great point is whether I made a couple of extreme points like, you know, um, human trafficking is horrible. But my point is, if it, there were thousands or hundreds of thousands of people being trafficked into slavery, we'd probably hear about it, not from the media or from our politicians, but it's like, hey, you know, we all have, is there's science on this, we all usually have a social circle. Um, kind of driven home recently when they said try to keep your bubble to 10. We have a, a large social circle. If you stop and think about it, I'm not just talking about the people you hang out with regularly, but if you think of even for us, like now we have some friends at different stores that we frequent. You know, they're not friends, but we would notice if they disappeared. So you would notice if, you know, one in 20 or 30 even of uh, friends, family, acquaintances were going missing, it's not my point. Human trafficking, even if it was only hundreds of people, is horrible. Thousands. It's a nightmare. We should be talking about it. If it was hundreds of thousands, wow. Why do we not have a special task force? Because here in Canada, cannabis, cannabis has never uh, killed, arguably never injured anybody. It's chemicals they add to it that would be injuring someone. Cannabis has never injured anybody unless maybe they tripped over their stash. Yet we have enforcement teams. 
to, to, to fight this scourge. We don't, by the way, have an enforcement team for opiates, which is killing many, many thousands of people. So let's talk about this. We're ignoring the opiate crisis. We're closing substance abuse centers, yet the biggest problem in our society is human trafficking. I would argue it absolutely is, but it's what I said earlier. It's not the even hundreds of thousands of individuals trafficked into slavery every year, kidnapped. I argue it's the hundreds, if not thousands, which would be billions, of millions of citizens that are trafficked into corporate slavery every day. Or how about healthcare slavery? Right? How many of us are trapped in the cycle of huge, abusive uh, premiums for health care, yet never getting the care for their health? Even worse, some of us that get used as experiments, or worse yet, as I said before, used as a commodity. I suffer from a very rare disease and it's commonly treated with either cutting off pieces of the body, which ends with you being a skinless, you're no longer a bag anymore, so I guess you'd be a puddle. You'd be a puddle of bones, right? Skinless puddle of bones. The other option is to, uh, is to prescribe us $40,000 a month treatments of a pill that $40,000 a month, by the way, that profit wholly, because these companies likely don't pay any tax again, that profit wholly goes to companies that are benefiting, get this, not from research that they did themselves, but government-funded research. Yeah, sure, they've used that research to develop these pills, but arguably, why are we paying $40,000 a month for treatment? They say it's to recoup the research and development. Wait a minute here. We already paid for the research and development. Yeah, yet these companies are going to make billions off of our tax dollar funded research and development. No matter how much money they put into their own research and development, we both know with a little bit of common sense, we know that wasn't much in the scheme of things. But they're making billions. Are they paying billions? For that research, are they paying even multiples of millions? I argue absolutely not. And yet, we're told this is normal. No, no. It's not normal for us to see. Like I said, this is no different than the old fiefdom of old. So yes, you may live in our country. This may have the scent of socialism. It doesn't. It predates even that. I'm talking about in the days of old, when you had your aristocracy. You said, well, yes, peasant, peon. Yeah, really, it's a word, you can look it up. Not in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yes, my serf, you may live on my land, but I get the better part of your harvest, and you must worship me. And by the way, if I ever have any problems with my neighbors, you're going to have to fight for me too. I'll never leave my castle, and I'll always be eating your food, having a grand old time, but, um, you know, you live at my pleasure. Oh, wait a minute here. So, 
swallow this, how is this much different? I mean, we have corporations that control policy, and corporations that profit at our expense at every turn. But yet, when we start asking for some uh, compassion, we, we end up getting driven down. We wonder why. Like I said before, with the cryptocurrency, I mean, you can't fight um, equanimity with, uh, with malevolence. So you can't say, oh, absolutely not. This cannot be allowed because, uh, well, yeah, no, and people are good and people do, do deserve health care. And now I guess we probably shouldn't be buying our fifth vacation property off the backs of suffering humans and celebrating You'll see these these corporations will have getaways. Once again, they've rewritten the, the uh, taxation system to allow them to go on these little junkets every year. But, I mean, they're making billions. I don't know why they should get another tax break to go on another vacation to Hawaii. And then if you listen to them, they're, they're laughing at how some of these pills are addictive and it. And, and as far as the pill that I mentioned, that $40,000 a month pill also comes with a fabulous uh, possible side effect of cancer. And then the end result, get this. This was cross-approved because something similar was approved. This one particular drug, but they're all very similar, but this one particular drug, drug uh, has been studied. Like I said, it was cross-approved for, for my disease. So it never had been tested cross-approved for the disease, but based on what sort of effectiveness? It was actually based on year one. So that means someone had been taking the pill for a year. Um, what were their results? Uh, first, only 20%, and I love how they use that figure, 20% were still on the pill. Right? Or, I can't remember the number, but neither here nor there. Only 20% saw any benefit whatsoever. I apologize for that, but it's... At year one, only 20% were seeing a benefit, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was high. It was, it was more than 60%, I believe, had actually stopped taking the pill because of the side effects, and that's what I was getting at, right? But what's important here is 20% effectiveness at year one. That's not very long. 20% effectiveness means that that's less effective than just convincing yourself that it, it would work. Right? It's this, um, it's this uh, human, um, uh, <clears throat> device that we could tap into called placebo. It works in a number of ways. It works like um, visualizations, for example. It's amazing that uh, it's near impossible. I've talked about this many times before. It's near impossible to fool the eye with uh, computer-generated imaging, but it is possible to fool the mind by simply visualizing, you know, what your your goals are, or visualizing, and that's reverse is true as being negative, right? So this placebo effect works as often as it doesn't. Meaning, you can take a sugar pill, give it to a person and say, hey, 
get at her. And it will work as often as the actual medication. This is effective medication. It'll work as often, a placebo. You know, I'm being a little, a little loose with the numbers, but it's neither here nor there. Very, very often, approaching uh, near half the time, um, 40% is about the number. So near half the time, the human mind can actually produce identical results to our modern science, our pills, our pharmacology, our healthcare, whatever you want to call it. With that in mind, a pill that will cost either our health insurance, our bank accounts, which I don't know how an individual could afford um, half a million dollars a year for a treatment that's only effective 20% of the time. That means I'm going to give you half a million dollars a year for an 80% chance of wasting my money with the possibility of getting an, a horrible side effect. But once again, this is a self-responsibility issue here. Um, I'll share with members of my community that I was able to heal with plants. Oh my God, not cannabis, not really. Oh my God, not kratom, not really. But everything combined, right? I cut down on different foods. I ate more of other foods. I made, uh, you know, a conscious effort to try to live differently. Why? Because the way I was living before was suffering. Absolute suffering. It's kind of funny because this disease I have is often uh, defined as um, one of the most horrible uh, because of the uh, multifaceted <laughs> uh, nature of the suffering, right? It can come from different areas all at once. Kind of like life. <laughs> you can kind of see why I gravitated towards this thought, um, this prescription, <laughs> if you don't mind the, the pun there, right? So what am I getting at here, right? So who really is responsible, right? Is it us who continue to be crushed under the weight of these uh, health premiums, never once complaining, right? Or allowing politicians in some countries to take away that health care and, and, and instead of looking at the real problem of optimizing something, um, just black or white. All right, the same can be said with this. And so it's like, well, we either take care of this one problem, right? No matter what it is, this one problem. Doesn't matter if it's a absolute, you know, uh, what they call a statistical anomaly, like based on um, tragedies, like what was I was talking about, like just the number of people that die from accidents, slipping in their tub alone, um, dwarf a number of these other charitable uh, concerns. Doesn't mean that, say, the hundreds or thousands of people that suffer every year because of one. Um, cause uh, is any less tragic than another cause. It's just I live this myself. Right? I have a very rare, incurable disease. Um, I don't choose to be like a lot of members of my community to say, oh my God, I suffer so bad and the healthcare community don't know how to treat it and the pharma take advantage of us and I suffer so much and I can't get enough opiates for my pain and, 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 and. No, I mean, really, the same can be said about any disease. It's your relationship to it. It's your relationship to your suffering. It's your relationship to your ego. It's your relationship to the economy, to politics, 
to everything, right? So am I going to sit here and go, geez, human trafficking or the environment or oil or shoplifting or healthcare or anything? Suffering is multifaceted, but you have to find a middle way, a balance here. So as I said, we can't go and put all of our energies, again, this is the selfless without being uh, at one's expense. We can't put all our energies into caring about one area. Say, for example, this human trafficking. It could be anything else. It could be corporate uh, uh, income tax evasion. Because here in Canada, uh, they're looking to go after the little guy for needing to support themselves through Rona. But nothing's going to be said that our own prime minister um, spent... Uh, an enormous, enormous amount of money to offshore his own family wealth and his trust fund uh, to protect himself from this. And same as his finance minister, he's abused the privilege to make himself rich. And there's a number of other members of the, right? I mean, honestly, it's terrible because there is a member of the Green Priest who's been shown to be uh, purely self-interested and arguably you can even see his, his time at Greenpeace shows how abhorrent some of these supposed uh, magnanimous and uh, um, philanthropists uh, are, how horrible these people are. You can always pick a word to, tw to trip over, can I? Right? Same as uh, the, the, what is that, the World Wildlife Fund. Uh, well, one of these members uh, have shown themselves to be absolutely abhorrent in their choices. Right? Like I talked about before, when you, when you say you, you choose based on sex because you don't see sex. Wow. I, I don't understand how anybody doesn't see their hypocrisy, right? So when I talk about um, human trafficking as tragic but not our main problem, it's because the real problem is this corporate slavery that affects hundreds and hundreds of millions of people every day. We don't talk about the fact that we should reform the tax system so that corporations pay their, their just dues so that, you know, everybody can live. I mean, when we start reading papers about how are we going to make the economy work with companies switching over to um, robots, and then some crazy person mentions, well, maybe we should check robots. And, and that is considered just the most beyond-the-pale idea. Well, how is that any different from, from us being taxed? For our labor. Let's be honest. Uh, when you buy something, you pay tax. And if you buy it formally a second time, second hand, you pay tax again. And if, if somebody else buys that formally third hand, they pay tax again. Arguably, some of these items, like for example, one of the most expensive depreciable assets on the planet is an automobile. It's expensive because as soon as you drive off the lot, it, it loses a big value, right? Because a big chunk of that is intangible, the valuation, I mean. But worse yet, you're going to pay, depending on where you live, a good chunk of that, as much as 10, 13, 15% tax. When you start adding other sorts of tax, tax that you're paying on your, your income so that you can go buy that car, Um Right, the the dealership you're purchasing the car from, they're adding uh, cost 
expense in their mind because they're going to have to pay tax and they're going to have to pay their employees who are going to have to pay tax. Arguably, who's the real criminal here, right? Is it the person who is, you know, avoiding tax that's, you know, arguably incredibly unfair? Or is it the system that's designed to take advantage of this? And like I said, it's, it's backwards because the only reason why that they tax these different segments over and over and over again is because there's other segments that can avoid it because, again, they're paying their VIG. If you have to pay an accountant six figures so that you can avoid paying seven figures, how is that not arguably criminal? But even if it's not criminal, how is that not us going back to the drawing board and saying, hey, it's not working? So the same can be said if it takes six or seven months of the year for your average working man before he can get above, get above water. Why are we not redesigning our system? And what do they end up doing? They just cut here and cut there. They're never on taxes, right? Certainly not on the uh, the main tax bearer, right? You'll see benefits aren't usually equally dispersed. That equanimity is rarely found in uh, tax law. So again, not looking to minimize uh, human trafficking, uh, looking to highlight the fact that we're all slaves, we're all being trafficked in this economy. Right? Now, you don't even have to be a member of the consumption economy to be trafficked because how do you go about right? just arguably now in this time that we're in we're going to be saying, seeing inflation the likes of which we haven't seen in generations not all of it I mean we're seeing it right now with our internet costs because uh, we have uh, this like I said policies being either circumvented killed or, or slipped in while we're all busy worried about surviving um They've actually killed this idea to make uh, broadband internet more affordable. Uh, the politicians made their little uh, announcement: "Hey, we're helping the little guy." So they got their uh, they got their soundbite. So now they're just going to let it die. So uh, internet goes up, the cost, right, goes up. But guess what? It's actually more the little internet provider because the big guys, they're the ones. They're actually raising the price because they can. Believe it or not, it was legislation to bring the price down, making this, there's a large chunk that are controlled by what you might call a monopoly, depending on the area. So the idea was to encourage them to bring the prices down. So during this, they've lobbied, this time, this 2020, they've lobbied the government um, to not bring forth this mandate for them to reduce the cost. So what have they gone and done? They've not obviously reduced the price because they don't have to, because they had to be made to. And they, instead of reducing the cost, finding a middle way of saying, well, you know, that's asking a lot. How about we meet you halfway? Instead of us paying millions of dollars to lobby the government to get rid of this, why don't we just say, hey, we'll cut your internet a little bit. Meet you halfway. No, what they've gone and done is they spent all this money to fight um, this forced reduction in the cost. And now they've raised the cost of the Internet itself. 
Do you understand? This is a double vig, just like paying tax on a used vehicle. And if you're the fourth or fifth owner, because you can go and look at the used package a lot of times. It's a great example of a used item. Do the math, right? It only takes the average vehicle a couple few owners before you start seeing, um, you know, the cost of another vehicle just in tax alone, right? So here we are again. Who's really to blame? I mean, the average person, maybe they're not even ignorant. They just don't understand. Right? That's the problem with the central banking system. Even your average banker doesn't understand um, that it's set up to make us all a slave um, to our own money. It's really quite silly. You know, They even make it illegal for you to operate outside of their system. I mean, it's a tyranny in a sense if you look at it because there is some legal bartering. But they can come after you if you if you don't give them their vig. Seriously, almost every um, uh, what would you call it? <laughs> every fiefdom in this world will have it that if you're operating a business, first they'll put you in jail if you don't get a business license. But forget that. If you're operating a business that's successful, they don't care if it's not successful. But they might get mad because they don't know. They want to make sure that they know. You have to prove to their satisfaction that you're not making money. But if you are successful, they don't care. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, it doesn't matter what you do. If you pay tax, they don't care. They really don't. They will check, right, based on industry averages. Like, you know, say if you're, you know, it's like on the honor system, I make X amount, here's my tax. They will double check based on what an industry average, and some of the times, most of the time, that's just what other people say. So, you know, that's where the accountant comes in because they'll tell you, oh, well, in your business, usually people claim 20%. That's the real truth here, believe it or not. So, not only are you a corporate slave if you've got to work for somebody else, the people that are working for themselves are only paying 20% of the tax that you're paying. Same as corporations. They're only paying 16% on the profits that they're telling the government they made. We both know they're doing this and that and they're claiming this and that to bring that actual expense down. You and I, we, we can't. We can't do that, right? The government tracks every hour that we work and how much we get paid. But like I said, if you dare... To go and create something on the side that makes you a little bit of money and you start being successful and you don't give your, uh, your uh, vig, you don't pay um, the cut to the, the mob boss, the government, then they'll come after you and they'll put you in jail, right? I mean, really, where's the problem there? I mean, the same thing that blows my mind. I talk to these people with my disease and I'm like, well, literally... Uh, the stuff that the doctors are doing, you put them on, uh, um, what do you call it? Antibiotics, okay? There's two reasons. You can put them on antibiotics and you give them a big dose if you have, say, an infection or something like that and help bring down, say, rampant, widespread inflammation. But the other choice is to give a very low dose. It's like a low dose, like, uh, well, I can't remember what they call it, but it's a sub, um, sub, uh, antibacterial you know what i mean when it's it's not technically enough to 
um, fight an infection, but what it still does at that lower level, kind of like when we talk about psilocybin and microdoses, it does arguably a different has a different response, or the body responds differently, which is not uncommon. Ginseng, ginkgo biloba is also what, arguably, it's not maybe a word, adaptogenic. What it means is, upaya in Buddhism, expedient means. What it means is everybody treats it a little bit different, right? So in this case, we have something that's not used the same by everybody. Yeah. So the other choice is um, using the antibiotics at this low dose, and it has an anti-inflammatory reaction. It does. They've proven it. But it's based on a few studies. But there's also a lot of side effects. See, the reason why I couldn't use that is it also messes with your microbiome, and your microbiome is also a big uh, anti-inflammation, inflammation fighter, and it's a mood issue, and it helps with all these. So it's very complicated. And again depends on the individual, right? But what was really happening is these antibiotics, they're being given in a combination that, if you were to just look, have been shown to not work. Secondly, they're also, um, well, sorry, they, they work, but they've been shown that you don't need to give the two in combo, and one of them gives an incredible amount of side effects, and if you're taking two antibiotics, you risk becoming um, immune or developing something that's immune to both, but neither here nor there. The study shows that using just uh, the one by itself works, right? But that's for a different reason. There's another one, tetracycline, that's used, um, well, I'll tell you, clindamycin and rimfampin is commonly given for this disease in combination, even though it's been proven uh, to actually work no better than clindamycin by itself. What I'm talking about is tetracycline, which is given at a very low dose and has this anti-inflammatory response. But here we have healthcare that's just given either this clindamycin or rifampin mix, which you as a patient can look up and go, wait a minute, I don't need to take both. It's doubling my cost and it's doubling my side effects. Why am I taking both? You can look that up. The doctor certainly should. But they're also given these, them for long term. But at these higher doses, the anti-inflammatory like anti doses, one-fifth, for example, but they're giving them 250, 500 milligrams instead of 50 milligrams. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. The same as I said about the other pill. It's $40,000 a month, and only 20% of people see a benefit. Why are we even taking it? Why? Because it's making a lot of people rich, right? That's the same thing. Why are we talking about this supposed uh, rampant uh, issue of uh, human trafficking? It's kind of funny because they were talking about how horrible the world must have been before mass media, and yet they're, they're hiding this rampant human trafficking ring, right? Nationwide, global network of kidnapping but never once does anyone stop and go well, wait a minute the real problem is corporate overreach and abuse that would make sense for them to to encourage us to get all up in arms over something that's bothering just a few people so that they can con continue to uh, to abuse the vast majority but that's my silly take